0: Welcome to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. Hello, hello. Welcome back to So You Want to Be a Witch. I am your host, Sarah M. Chappell, and y'all are getting a lot of my voice this month. hope you like it. Do you like it? This is what I got. <laughs> As we have stepped back into January into a new year, I've definitely been wanting to talk to you more directly to share more about what I'm seeing in my business and what I'm seeing with the folks that I work with and the, kind of the patterns. And don't worry, we have more interviews coming your way. Got a lot of great people ready, but uh, for now, we're just going to chat. Today, I want to talk about something that I find is a, a bit of a roadblock uh, for folks that I work with, um, both one on one in the Holistic Business Academy, but also just kind of in general in our lives. This is the idea of stepping into a leadership role and claiming our position as experts. It might seem a little bit silly, but when we step into having a holistic business, a soul-centered business, we're actually saying that we're an expert in something. I know how to do this thing. I know how to make this thing. I know how to curate this thing, to support this thing, to get this result. The simple fact that we are selling stuff to people Implies an expertise. It implies that we know what we're doing. However, so many people do not actually have the underlying belief to support them in that feeling of expertise when they sell. Have you ever found yourself talking about your work and being like, oh yeah, well, I haven't been doing it that long, but, right? Or, I mean, I'm kind of still new, or I'm a newbie in my business, or I'm just starting out, or I've only been doing it for a couple years, or I mean, there are other people who are better than me. <laughs> Have you ever found yourself kind of like, kind of putting your work, almost like putting bumpers up around it so, so that folks don't get too close, and also kind of comparing it to other things to lower expectations? This stems from a lack of believing that you are actually an expert in your field. Because if you are an expert and you believe that you're an expert, then you know that your work holds value. You have knowledge or experience that not everybody has. And that's actually a huge gift, right? We aren't all good at the same things. We aren't all drawn to the same things. Thank goodness there are experts in You guys know, I'm really a big fan of having an expert in hand surgery who fixed my hand after I cut it open, right? Thank goodness. I don't want to be a hand surgeon. I'm really glad that there's an expert in hand surgery that I can go to, or even astrology. I'm not an astrologer. Love astrologers. So glad that there are experts that I can go to for astrology, for therapy, for any number of tools and things. Weightlifting. Goodness gracious. I definitely need experts there to make sure I don't break my back, right? And some of you come to me because I am an expert in business. I'm an expert in online business. When we start our businesses, though, we don't tend to feel that way. Even folks who have years of expertise, the fact that we're new to business, especially if you're having your first business, it erodes that confidence. It erodes that trust in self. Because even if you are, maybe you are a a therapist with a PhD and you're starting your own practice, well, you know a lot about therapy, but do you know anything about business? Growing a business is a learning process in itself, and it takes time to become an expert in the systems and processes of marketing and sales that will help you to thrive and help you to reach more people. And that lack of knowing or that learning process alongside having to stand up and say, oh, but I'm an expert in this other thing, it erodes that trust. To say nothing of the false modesty that so many of us were taught to have, especially folks who are socialized female, there's a lot of, uh, of uh, oh, just be modest about it, right? I was fortunate to have parents who praised me and, and supported me a lot in my, my interests and my skill sets, but I definitely got it from other places. You know, culture culture runs deep. If we are afraid to step into our expertise, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy in our businesses. Why? We don't buy things from people we think don't know what they're talking about. Those of you who have worked with me, or maybe you've considered working with me, if you did, it's because you think I know something that can help you. You think I'm an expert. You trust my expertise. You trust that, oh, Sarah's been doing this for a while. Sarah has been in, you know, sales and marketing since she was 14. She has these skills. I need that help. I'm going to go to an expert, right? If I sat here and was like, I mean, I'm like kind of okay at business. You guys should give me money for it? (laughs) Question mark. Nobody would. No one would. And that then becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy of, oh, well, nobody's buying anything from me, so I must not know what I'm doing. This idea of expertise is tricky. It's tricky because a lot of us want to view a world that doesn't have hierarchy, that has more uh, more support, that has a more equitable playing field. But one of the mistakes we make is assuming that that means that we can't actually be better at something than somebody else that we can't actually step fully into our gifts and our expertise. I don't want to make it look like I am better than somebody or like I think I'm better than someone. But what we do there is that we actually prevent people from getting the help that only we can offer. If you are actually really good at something, if you make something beautiful in this world, if you have a gift or a skill and you hide it because you're afraid of being judged by others, because you're afraid of making others feel bad, Because you're afraid you're a fraud. (laughs) Quick side note. People who are actually perpetuating frauds very rarely stop to consider that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's kind of that narcissist thing. If you're able to kind of be like, am I a narcissist and ask those questions? Maybe you aren't. Remember, I'm not diagnosing you. I don't know what's going on in your head. I am not an expert in that. But we stop ourselves from taking action or we minimize our actions and minimize our accomplishments For so many different reasons that stem back to this fear of being an expert, the fear that either we aren't or that if we do claim that role, something bad will happen or we won't be safe or other people will feel bad. And then we don't get the sales, then we don't grow our businesses, and then ultimately we we aren't able to help ourselves and we aren't able to help other people. This idea of expertise is also tied to the idea of being a leader. Experts are leaders. Leaders not much of an expert if you're good at something, but you stay at home and you never share it with anybody. I mean, of course, there are things that we can love and be good at that are, are just for us that are just private, right? That are parts of our own personal lives that we don't monetize. But expertise as a business owner is about stepping up and being a leader, showing other people other ways to do things that other things are possible. Whether that is in terms of how their life is organized, in terms of how they feel about what they surround themselves with. I don't care what you make. When you step into the role of business owner, you are stepping into the role of leader, leading from your expertise. So if you're looking back over 2019 and now stepping into this new year, and I know I've been talking a lot about that over the past couple episodes, and it's not so much that I'm like, new year, new you, but more that it's nice to have reflection points. I think I've shared with you guys that I reflect at least once every quarter on where I am and what I want. The reality is that I think I'm a big thinker, so I tend to reflect on things all the time. That's also why I have anxiety. But this is a reflective point to see, did you give yourself that gift of being an expert last year, of actually stepping into your expertise there's another interesting phenomenon that happens as well. There's a study called the Dunning-Kruger effect, which I believe has already been debunked, but I love the metaphor, so I'm going to use it anyway, which I've heard from a bunch of people. Uh, James Wedmore, Haley Burkehead, uh, Jen Casey, very popular in kind of like online coaching land. But the idea of the Dunning-Kruger effect is that when we start with something, we start learning something new, those first few wins give us a big boost. Like if you're learning how to knit and you can finally cast on and you do a couple rows, you're like, oh my God, I can knit, right? But over time, we start to see how much more there is. Well, I can knit a scarf, but oh my gosh, I don't know how to make an armhole or I don't know how to turn a heel. And we start to believe that we actually know less than we do because we can see how much more there is to learn. This is the valley of, of, <laughs> valley of despair, really, where you actually know more than a beginner, but because of your awareness of the subject matter, you feel like you don't know more, right? So we want to stick it through the valley. We want to stand and actually recognize that you know more than some people, that you have gifts that other people don't, and that that's actually not a bad thing, that that variety of interests, that variety of skill set is what makes humans so fascinating, what makes us able to support, encourage, and nourish each other and imagine new ways of living that wouldn't happen if we were all the same. Like, that is not the point of, of creating a more equitable world. Is not about being the same. Boring. <laughs> And also, I think what a lot of us are trying to avoid by creating businesses is stepping outside of the idea that you're a cog who is boring and does the same thing over and over again and like, acts like a drone. You're not. You're a human. So most of you are probably in that valley, that valley of Dunning-Kruger despair, where you know more than a beginner. You're actually several steps beyond beginner. But because you see the breadth of the subject matter, the breadth of the, of the experience that others can have, that you will have if you continue, you start to doubt your expertise. And that is depriving the world of your gifts. So what does it look like to start to act like an expert and to step into this leadership role? And how do we do this in our businesses so that not only can we affirm that belief for ourselves, but also reach the people we're here to help? The first is actually saying what you believe about your subject matter. We talk about this more in the Holistic Business Academy and a lot in my Launch Incubator group, which is reopening soon. Uh, if you want more information about that, you can go to bit.ly.com forward slash launch incubator. You can go ahead and apply there and get on the wait list. We'll be starting actually at the uh, beginning of February, so keep an eye out on that. Or you can send me a DM over on Instagram if you want more info at Sarah M. sarahmchappell.com. And we talk about this idea of creating disruptive and polarizing content, content that actually has you standing firm in your convictions, firm in your beliefs about your work, and that that ultimately presents you both as an authority, as an expert, and also (laughs) um, helps your audience to shift their beliefs about what is possible for them. And my guess is, knowing myself and, and knowing so many of you, that the idea of taking a strong stand on something for some of you is really terrifying. What if somebody says I'm wrong? What if someone makes a mean comment? What if somebody sends me a DM or or slanders me on the internet? And these fears are particularly potent because they they stem from a reality, right? In the in the midst of cancel culture, you know, you make one mistake and you're fucked, and we're never talking to you again, and. You know, the the fear that your peers or maybe folks who aren't your peers, maybe folks who are maybe further along than you on the path or even just any old human, right? We're t- I'm a Libra here, so I'm like, oh my God, keep the peace, keep the peace, please the people. No disagreement ever. <laughs> that feels really unsafe. And we also live in a culture where it has become a little bit more unsafe. It's so easy for a, you know, a, a laptop warrior to, to come and tell you that you're wrong. But here's the thing. Experts don't care. Leaders in their community don't care. Not that they don't care about feedback, not that we don't have to care about, you know, about having beautiful conversations and and really recognizing when we are wrong. But when you're talking about your area of expertise and what you have seen to be true, and what you think other people need to know about it, that's not the place to shy away. I actually encourage you, I would set a timer, I'm a big fan of timer on these things, because otherwise it can become a real wormhole. I encourage you to go and look at somebody you consider an influencer. I know that word's kind of funny, but, uh, you know, influencer as a word does predate uh, Instagram, for what it's worth. (laughs) Your influencers don't have to be Instagram people who, who, you know, post pretty pictures of themselves. But think of somebody you consider an influencer. A writer, you know, An artist maybe it is somebody on Instagram somebody who you follow somebody who has like you know a lot of followers right go to a big big account a movie star even right it doesn't have to be somebody you you like just someone with with a lot of people looking at them and go through the comments they're terrible they're going to be terrible humans hiding behind screens are kind of terrible we take out our fears and our pains and sufferings on others we find things that are not true Uh, We we find what we want to find and what people say, twist it around and make it about us, right? That's something that we do. In fact, you've probably seen a post by somebody, maybe me, that made you feel that way. That kind of challenged who you are and what you believe and made you feel uncomfortable. And if you're the kind of person who wants to uh, participate in those conversations, you might have said something mean, right? I've had people say mean things to me, sure. accuse me of terrible things, actually. I mean, of course, a lot of times they just tell me I'm going to hell, but that's a whole separate that's a whole separate conversation. But go into those comments just for a minute. And if you're a super sensitive person, don't don't do it. But I want you to see what it is, because here's the thing. It happens all the time, and it's not stopping them. It's not stopping them. Those people are influencers, quote unquote, uh, thought leaders, if you will. We used to call them intelligentsia, <laughs> I think. That, that these people are still making their work. Doesn't mean they're not affected by it. Of course, when you see a comment that feels kind of crappy, it's okay to feel crappy. But they're not letting that stop them from sharing their message, from saying what they're here to say, from standing firmly in their truth and their conviction and putting it into the world. What would it be like for you if you actually didn't worry about blowback? and instead stood in what you believed. What might that do for you, both as a human and as a business owner? As a business owner, I'll tell you what, what it'll do. It's actually going to bring the people to you that you're here to serve. The people who are going to see your posts, read your content, watch your videos, look at your work, and feel like they are sipping in a cool drink of water, a breath of fresh air. Oh my goodness, thank Fucking God, somebody is saying this. Or, I never thought about it that way, and this has changed my life. Because we get those responses, too. When you stand in your area of expertise and you affirm it by sharing, by speaking as an expert, you are leading. You are showing people what is possible. And the right people, the right people for you, will come to you, they will find you, they will respond, and they will be overjoyed to finally know that somebody understands them, to finally know that somebody has the solution to their problems. And those are the people that you're leaving out there when you choose to avoid standing in your expertise, when you choose to avoid being a leader. Now, this level of of working with our perceived feelings of, of danger around this is going to be different for different people. Some of us have experiences being stalked, you know, or or not being safe online in other places. And it's harder to step into this place. Give yourself grace, right? This isn't a prescription writ large. But recognizing that you have, as a business owner, I'm going to go ahead and say the responsibility to lead is a big step forward. And you get to figure out what that looks like for you. And here's the other really beautiful thing about standing in that area of expertise and putting out the content, the work that disrupts the way people think, that shows them different things are possible, that pushes around beliefs and systems and questions them within the context of what you know and what you're fantastic at. It also repels the people that are not for you. It tells them, oh, fuck, no, this person is not for me. And sometimes that's where the mean comments come from. No, it's folks who don't like that feeling of being repelled, who feel betrayed because you have said something that they disagree with. I've shared this story before, but when I first launched the Holistic Business Academy, I I still do, the sales page has a curse word on it. Twice! <laughs> Those of you who have worked with me or listened to this podcast know that's important. I curse when I teach. Am I capable of not cursing? Definitely. I am a grown-up. I have some, some filter. But I teach... And I speak in a way that is very channeled and not very censored. I think that is one of the gifts I have. And folks that like learning that way really respond to that, to the, the more flow-based education that draws in from different places and has an underlying structure but is more intuitively led. But that also means that sometimes I curse because I'm not fully in my conscious mind when I'm creating content. Well... Somebody sent me a note basically saying how disappointed they were in me because they thought the Holistic Business Academy looked like everything they'd been searching for until they saw that word. It was fuck, by the way. It was fuck. I use that word a lot. Until they saw that word and that it was crude and they didn't like it and they thought I could get the message across by taking it out without being, you know, so abrasive. And I'd be lying if I said that getting that message didn't sting me a little like, ooh. Ouch, dude, it hurt my feelings because I don't like to bother people and I don't like to hurt people. My nature, again, Libra problems, right, is like, I want to keep the peace. But as a business owner, I can't keep the peace. And as a business owner, I actually have a responsibility for you to know that I curse when I teach because if you don't like that or it's going to actively bother you, I'm not the right teacher for you because you're going to buy my stuff and be fucking miserable. I mean, you probably literally probably would not still be listening to this podcast if you felt that way because I curse all the time right? We've had the uh, the explicit content thing on this podcast since we launched it. So what do we do then? Do we shy away from the things that bother other people just because they make, like it makes me uncomfortable? No, I run to it. I probably curse more now than I used to because I also noticed that it brought to me the right people. The people that I'm really here to serve. People who are brilliant and amazing and filled with possibility and also maybe looking for someone who can talk about spiritual practice and business in a non-precious way. (laughs) Right? I can talk about tarot and talking to the gods and channeling and say fuck all at the same time. There are other teachers who don't do that, who have a very different lens through which they view the world, and they are better for other people or other situations. This level of differentiation, the cursing thing's a little silly, I know, but this level of differentiation is part of stepping into your own personal expertise. This is also part of what makes us know that there is more than enough to go around in terms of work, in terms of people we can help. There is an abundance of people to help because we differentiate ourselves enough that folks know to go to you for this kind of thing, go to this person for this kind of thing, to go to Sarah if they want to be cursed. (laughs) No. Experience cursing during teaching. You know what I'm trying to say. Right. I have teachers that I go to when I want to be soothed and held and enveloped in like poetry. And then I have teachers I go to when I want to be slapped in the face. When I'm like, oh my gosh, the poetry isn't doing it. <laughs> I, need, I need, I need some, I need some tough love. If we try to make everyone happy, if we stay in that despair, you know, despair valley of not owning who we are and what we know, then we actually are, are going to attract no one. Or we're definitely not going to bring in the people who we can really help. We're going to bring in people who might not be the right fit. Who maybe aren't our best fit. And how could they know? Because we weren't upfront with them about who we are and what we believe. So I'm challenging you right now. You're to do action from this. Is to write down what you are an expert in. And what you believe about that topic. And especially the things that you believe that other people maybe don't. Maybe it's a little bit different. Maybe it's a little bit wacky. Maybe your personal experience has led to something else, right? I think about this in tarot a lot. You know, We have these people always want to learn the right meanings for the cards. And those of you who have studied tarot with me, know, who are in my tarot mentorship program or in my courses, know that I don't really believe in right meanings. I don't really believe in anything being like super black or white. <laughs> I'm a gray area kind of gal. But when we look at a tarot card meeting, for example, a reader who's been reading for a long time or been reading in depth and has a really robust conversation with their deck will have different meanings associated with the cards than you'll ever find in a book. They say, I saw this card in this kind of situation multiple times, and it taught me this thing about it. And here's the thing, it taught that reader that thing, that personal level of relationship. And when you have students, you might pass that along and say, This was from my personal experience, this was my belief. What if you can expand that into your business? It's not about saying, I'm right, and this is the only way to do it, but it's about saying, in my experience, what I know as an expert based on what I have learned, what I have studied, what I have done, this is a thing. This is something you should know. And the right people will be like, oh, yes, I've been waiting for that. I've been waiting for that perspective. And the people who want something different will be like, okay, cool, not for me. And if they say something nasty on their way out, whatever. Block and bless. <laughs> I think I heard that from Tiffany Lee Bymaster. Block and bless. Send them on their way. Because the people that need you, need you to lead. And that when you step into that role, even if it scares you, even if it's terrifying, even if you're nervous about hurting people's feelings or, you know, getting hurt, you also show people that it is possible to lead. That it is possible to stand up for something, whether that's in your business, whether it's your personal convictions, whether that's how you want this world to look and be. So that's your job. What are you an expert in? And notice how quickly you might be like, oh, well, I'm an astrologer, but I've only been doing it for so many years, da da, da da and you try to negotiate yourself out of it. Fuck that shit. What's that initial response? That first hit. What are you an expert in? What is your business about? How do you help people? That's your expertise. It's not about inflating your head either, okay? We don't have to pretend that we're further along than we are to be experts for exactly the right people at the right time jot down some notes. Come on over to Instagram at Sarah M. Chappell. Let me know. And remember, if you want to go deeper into this, if you want to learn more about creating content in this way, stepping into your expertise, then I want you to apply for the Launch Incubator, y'all. That's our three-month group program where you go from idea to launch in 90 days. This is really for those of you who have an idea or have an offer that you are ready to get out there in a bigger way And just to remind you, like launching is not just like posting a list, like a link on Instagram and telling people about it. (laughs) There's a real science to launching a real art as well. And you'll learn how to create a really robust, free experience that your entire community benefits from. And create this content that helps people to know that you're an expert in your field. And then you will offer a way to go deeper through your purchasing offer whatever it is that you make. It's going to be super fun. People are getting crazy results from this. We had somebody who got a 30% conversion rate on a launch, which is super high. You'll learn all about conversion rates in the incubator. Someone else who just had their first ever launch was a five-figure launch. I mean, fuck yeah. (laughs) So cool stepping, stepping all the way into their expertise for that one. It was, and and that was what we worked on, right? So you can learn more about that at bit.ly.com forward slash launch incubator. I don't have the close date for the applications yet. But if you're listening to this around the time it comes out, you should be good. We'll be getting started at the beginning of February. And there is also a VIP option for that as well. I'll probably call it something else. A VIP option sounds like so lame and marketing, doesn't it? maybe uh, an intensive, that sounds a little bit better, an intensive option. So those of you who want more direct support from me and want to work with me more closely and have my eyes on your launch, you'll be able to do that as well. So come on over, sign up for that. I can't wait to, I can't wait to work with you guys in it. It's gonna be so fucking cool. That's what I got. Yeah. Be an expert, stand in your knowledge and share that with other people so that they too can see what's possible for them. I love you guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye for now.